0: Thank you, Joy, for bringing us our Bible readings uh, this morning. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's good to, to see you all here for our worship uh, this morning. It's maybe a good thing we don't have John the Baptist doing our baptism preparation with families. What do you reckon? I think so. There's some, there some pretty harsh words there, which we're going to have a look, um, uh, look at this morning. What a character John the Baptist was. How are you all doing with your Christmas shopping? Are we all on top of Christmas? Yep. No? How are we all going with our finding times of silence? We've been talking about prayer in our welcome sheet this Advent. How are you doing finding your time of silence to pray? Uh, I just want to encourage you to to pop into St. Matthew's Church, to come here uh, in the week. Uh, Just come and sit in a pew and spend some time with the Lord. It's uh, it's wonderful to do that, just as a a break from the busyness of of every day. So just offer that as another option for you if you're struggling to find space and time to pray uh, this Advent. Uh, Let's pray as we come to today's passage. Uh, May the words of my lips and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing our um, sermon series um, uh, in Advent uh, by looking at John the Baptist over these uh, two weeks. So this is our second in the series of looking at John the Baptist, and I've broken down today's sermon, this passage, into three areas. Uh, what the the question what then shall we do Uh, which is which is really key Uh, repentance and baptism and the spiritual life of fruitfulness so these are the three areas we're going to be looking at today so what then should we do Uh, last week we began with luke chapter 3 verses 1 to 6 which reintroduced the adult john the baptist back into luke's gospel narrative And we learn that he was in the wilderness where he had been since childhood and the Word of God, which bypassed all the emperors and all the rulers, all the religious leaders of the day, uh, came to this person, John, in the wilderness, in the desert. The Holy Spirit, we know, had been with John from birth and we're told that he grew strong in the Spirit through his wilderness experience not much is known uh, of that time much like the early years of Jesus we don't know much about that but we do know that when the word of God comes to John that John is mobilized he is energized and he comes with a new message which he doesn't keep to himself he goes around the countryside around all the Jordan telling others preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins And Luke sees this as the fulfillment of the words in Isaiah chapter 40, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord. Now, uh, this word in its original context was a word of comfort for God's people under King Hezekiah as they faced a localized judgment with a Babylonian invasion about to happen and God's people being exiled. Uh, Here, it is fulfilled in John's coming as he prepares the way for Jesus. A way that requires, indeed, a way that demands uh, us to change our lives. A straightening of the crooked waves in the life of the receiver, ready to accept the coming King. So Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 to 5 still remains a word of comfort. But it comes again here at a time of universal judgment as the world's only Lord and Saviour is about to arrive on the scene to declare judgment for sin and salvation for all who will believe and trust in him. In our passage today, John continues to bring this word of God to God's own people, to as many as would hear, So that they may know the extent of the problem that they are in and the way that God is offering as his solution to this problem. So, John says with his baptism training, here we go. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. It's quite a harsh word, isn't it? To God's own people. Brood of vipers. It's quite condemnatory. Brood of vipers, meaning offspring. John points out uh, their waywardness and their false presumption. They think that they are okay. They think that they are right before God because of their ethnicity, because they can trace their family line back to Abraham. But John sees them not as offspring of Abraham, but offspring rather of vipers. It's quite a harsh word. If you look at the wider biblical narrative in relation to snakes, they are linked to the presence and work of Satan in opposition to the work of God. And we see this most clearly right at the very beginning of the Bible in the Garden of Eden. But friends, recall that the coming, uh, recall that the coming of God as spoken through the words of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 11 will bring about conditions where the effect or severity of the snake of satan is nullified recall the words of isaiah eleven eight 8 to 9 the infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the lord as the waters cover the sea meaning god is coming god is coming to transform the normal fallen painful broken hurtful order of things god is coming to take on satan and to defeat him and life as we know it will be completely transformed and changed in our narrative uh, today jesus hasn't yet begun his public ministry where we see satan challenged and dethroned and so the word of god through john is speaking into the struggle of god's own people whose allegiance to satan is revealed through their unfruitfulness and the main reason for their unfruitfulness is this false presumption that they can be saved simply by being a descendant of abraham salvation By being born into a line of people. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. We all know that Abraham received the righteousness of God, which was credited to him through his belief in God in response to God's amazing grace to him. And the same is still true for John's hearers and the same is still true for all of us today. The grace of God is here. And in John's day, the grace of God is coming in the Messiah to bring righteousness to all who would believe in him. Uh, not to those whose ethnicity can be traced uh, to Abraham, but by them believing in God. But the Messiah, Jesus, also comes to bring judgment, as John prophesies in verse 17. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. It's a similar message of judgment that John brings, a message of coming wrath. And when we say wrath here, or wrath, I'm not sure how exactly we, how we pronounce it different, in different places. Wrath doesn't mean God is angry towards his people. Wrath means God's holy opposition to the works of the serpent Satan. God's holy opposition to the works of the serpent, Satan. So friends, this is a hard word. But look at the response to the hearers. They are responsive. Rather than being dismissive uh, or being angry uh, towards John, uh, they are humble. And they respond in the way of humility with the words, What then should we do? John, what then should we do? should we do now that god is coming in this way this brings us on to the second point repentance and baptism well, what then should we do it's a question that speaks of a crisis uh, we are all familiar with our own personal crises and we know the feeling when we are in situations that stretch our uh, stretch the boundaries of our experiences and we think to ourselves What shall I do in this situation that I am now facing? I don't know what decision to make. I don't know which way to go. What then should I do? So a crisis point, a similar crisis point, has arrived in the person of of Jesus. God's coming to the world in love and judgment means that all people are placed in a situation of moral and ethical crisis we need to make a decision we need to choose to accept God's love and forgiveness in our lives or to reject him it's confronting isn't it Jesus is confronting his arrival as the way the truth and the life is a confrontation where all need to decide what to do with him And we see this confrontation right throughout Luke's Gospel and indeed in the other Gospels and in the book of Acts. Uh, We see this in our passage today with the crowds, what then should we do? With the tax collectors, what then should we do? With the soldiers, what then should we do? With the lawyer in Luke chapter 10, the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18, the crowds in Acts in chapter 2. To name but a few of the crises that are happening now that God has visited his creation that he has made and indeed that he loves. As theologian Joel Green rightly says, the redemptive visitation of God demands a response. The redemptive visitation of God demands a response. So what is the response that John outlines? Repentance, baptism, and fruitfulness. Repentance, as Stuart will say, with his um, understanding of Greek and languages, metanoia, uh, a turning away, a turning around from the direction that you're going, focused on yourself, turning to face God. You're thinking that you'll escape the coming wrath through your ethnicity, or any other self-justification for that matter, this is misguided and it is shown in your unfruitful actions. So we turn away from any wrong thinking which leads to wrong actions and we turn to God to receive his love, his forgiveness, his new way. So it's not about ethnicity, but it's about God being God and God doing what God has always done, which is to bring new life out of dark places. God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham, meaning God can raise up new children from places which seem utterly dead and devoid of life, where there looks to all intents and purposes that there is no life, that nothing can grow there, From these places, God can bring new life. God can raise up children to Abraham. So where are the dead and lifeless places where you think God can't possibly be at work at these places or in these places? In the pubs, down um, Hindley Street on a Friday and Saturday night, in the terraces... Where are the places that we think, oh, God can't possibly be at work there? Friends, God is at work there. God is there. Christians are there at work being faithful to God in these places where we think possibly that God can't be at work. God is there by his Holy Spirit who has come to convict the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. God is an active God through the Holy Spirit in the world today and through the baptism that Jesus will bring and which we now practice in the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. So this is the greater baptism that John says Jesus will bring. In response to the crowds getting a little bit excited as to John's identity and thinking perhaps, you know, is he the Messiah? Is he the one who is to come? John answered all of them by saying, I baptise you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, and I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire and with fire meaning the very presence of god which we see in the various theophany accounts in the bible such as the pillar of fire by night in the burning bush this presence of god will now come upon those baptized into jesus name as we see with the tongues of fire alighting on the disciples heads at pentecost The presence of God is upon us, is with us, is within us. So Jesus' baptism, following the crisis point of repentance, will bring the Holy Spirit into the life of the new believer to animate them into the new life that Christ brings to gift and to grow fruit worthy of repentance. And this brings me on to the third and final point, the spiritual life of fruitfulness. So if the unfaithful life is marked by being unfruitful, then a turning away from being an offspring of Satan to a child of God will yield a fruitful life worthy of that repentance. God's own people here had become misguided in their thinking and subsequently in their actions. And as, a result, and as a result, they were not being fruitful in their lives. And so with judgment coming, with the Messiah coming, this word is warning that if they don't bear fruit, they won't share in the new life that God is bringing through Jesus and through his coming kingdom. But friends, because our God is full of grace and truth, he has come to provide a way, a way of salvation, a way of a new life in Him. It requires repentance, baptism, and a new set of behaviours or a new ethical imperative which flows from our meeting with God who is full of grace and truth. And these new sets of behaviours reveal that an inner life change has indeed taken place in the heart of the believer, that we can now see in the way that people speak, in the way that we use our time, in the way that we go about our daily lives. Now, at this point, Jesus' ministry hasn't uh, begun. So John can't say, follow the teachings uh, of Jesus, because we haven't got to that part of the story as yet. But what John does Highlight, or what, what John does do is highlight behaviours that reveal that this inner change of repentance has occurred, which is the growth of fruit worthy of repentance. And so we see this with these new actors who enter the stage at this point, the crowds, tax collectors, and soldiers. And they are all facing this crisis of what shall we do? now that you've brought us this challenging message john so we see the haves in the crowd they possess surplus clothing and surplus food we see tax collectors working for the enemy rome and they are taking more than they should and keeping it for themselves we meet soldiers Uh, they're able to get away with exploiting and accusing people with impunity So to show fruit worthy of repentance and to be ready for the coming Messiah, John highlights these following actions. If you're in surplus, if you have two of something, then give that away to someone who has nothing. If you have two coats, give one to somebody who doesn't have one. If you have food, give to someone who has no food. Tax collectors, don't collect more than you ought. Don't pocket it for yourself. Collect only what is required. Soldiers, don't extort and accuse. Rather, be content with what you have. That wonderful message of contentment, so important in our day and age, in our material uh, existence. Be content with what you have. So these new behaviours and actions are consistent with being fruitful rather than unfruitful. They reveal that God is at work in people's lives, bringing about a fruitfulness and a rejection of greedy sinful patterns because the believer has turned away from being an offspring of Satan to being truly an offspring of Abraham by the repentance of their sins and being ready for the coming messiah so john is preparing the way for the lord he is preparing the hearts of god's own people warning them yes of the coming judgments that they may find the new thing that god is doing or about to do through jesus john's message of repentance leads to forgiveness and a whole new set of behaviours and actions as people seek to live fruitful lives that reveal the character of God in truly becoming children of the one true living God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this word uh, through John the Baptist. Lord, it's a hard word, but it's a word to bring your wayward people back on track, with what you were doing uh, through your salvation plan. So, Lord, we thank you for uh, how you have brought your word in the wilderness to your people. Uh, thank you for their responsiveness and are seeking to understand what they can do uh, to escape the coming judgment, but also to be truly children of Abraham. Uh, Lord, thank you that you have sent Jesus. Thank you that we have received forgiveness for our sins and help us to also um, uh, use that question of what shall we do to guide our uh, behaviours and to guide our uh, ethical decision-making and actions as we seek to be faithful disciples of you in our day and age, through your Holy Spirit and in view of your present and coming kingdom. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.